Well, welcome back to the Raised Hunting Podcast. I have been given the green light to go, meaning we have cameras ready. We are on the air. We are back with our special guest. We're going to get name tags for everybody that... Yours is going to be moron. But my special guest today... You're the one that they named you Waron on your... Because they were a moron. (laughs) Yeah, we got our name tags at the Iowa Deer Classic this weekend, and Warren's was spelled with an O instead of an E, so he was Waron. Waron the moron. (laughs) The moron wrote that, whoever it was. But anyhow, so we just wanted to say thank you because... uh, I mean, honestly, it was probably hundreds of people that swung by and said, love what you guys are doing. And so many of you were talking about the podcast um, and specifically not just the television show, not just the YouTube stuff, not just the silent, the social media. So, again, we certainly, certainly appreciate all of you that have found the podcast for the first time. Please share that with your friends, those of you that have been diehard listeners Devin, I know you're out there, buddy. Um, we're going to hopefully be working with a, a young man from Kansas about doing a, bringing a podcast to you that we think is going to be a, a really good one. Yeah. Um, but today, um, was there anyone specific that we needed to thank for what we are doing today? Because today we're going to talk turkeys. Um, and I, don't, I don't think so. But like Dad just said, genuinely thank you guys because it was, it was crazy to see how many people have been really enjoying the podcast and, and came up to us and are enjoying listening and surprisingly enjoying listening to East and I bicker. That but is a very common so thing. It would be really easy. It no, I, so I enjoyed it because all the arguments I've had with you, everybody was validating me too. They're like, I see both of your guys' sides, but Warren saying you're an idiot. He's just, he's just off, man. You, you both make good points. So that's all I got to yeah, say. Well, about I that. think the most of you were thanking me for being the referee. So, <laughs> also, so you go. better tell them about Spring Thunder. Oh yeah, and so just in case that you don't have plans for, or if you do have plans, change them because because our plans are better. That's right. March seventeenth, Friday night. I believe that is St. Patrick's night, St. Patrick's Day, whatever. We are going to be having Spring Thunder, which is our turkey event um, here at our offices in Winterset, Iowa. So when you hear this, you're going to want to get signed up really quickly because we are limiting limiting the seating to 125, I believe it is, or 100. Yep. Um, either one, you'll see it on the website. You'll see it on social media. But get signed up. We're also having a calling contest. This is the first time we've ever held the calling contest. Make sure that I'm clear. It's not a sanctioned event. Don't come here if you think that you're going to try to be the next world-famous champion caller. Now, the prizes you go home with are equivalent to what <laughs> maybe more so, but but at the same time, we're going to let the fans vote on it and people cheer for you. And Anyhow, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Unless you're full-on Irish. I don't want any excuses. Oh, I got to go celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Okay, we're American. All right. So if you're Irish, I understand. Otherwise, be at our place. And you can, to find all the information, you just go to the website, racetelling.com, or you can go on Facebook and type in Spring Thunder. Uh, But the website's probably the easiest. You you can can sign up for however many people you're bringing on there with one sheet. Yep. Yep. And 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, everyone is going to get to go home with something because we have enough stuff. Our, our partners have done a super job of um, just saying, hey, we want to be a part of this. So, anyhow, very cool. All right, are we ready to rock and roll? Onward, donkey. Okay, who, well. Who brought m ms I did. I didn't. You didn't eat those during the podcast or what? I was considering. What? 
We don't have any. If we don't have any, why do you get some? <laughs> Look, man, I had to share for the yeah, first eight democracy. years of my elementary crap because if I wanted to bring a snack, I had to give it to the class. So I don't have to do that anymore. I'm a big boy. Okay. Well, I don't have to share with you. They, that was to set precedent. They were yeah, trying to sharing is caring. I don't care. I just don't want to share. All right? My M&Ms, I bought them with my money. See, they do teach you to be Democrats. It just goes from M&M's to money. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> you guys are goofy. Oh, boy. All right. We support all political <laughs> agendas. No, we don't. <laughs> that is definitely not true. We may, you may say that, but we don't. Okay, anyways, we do support the agenda of killing turkeys, so <laughs> that's what we're going to talk sure. about. I mean, if you kill a turkey, you owe me a turkey. Yeah, and okay. Turkey. Yeah, now we are supporting democratic size <laughs> or bigger. Mm-hmm. Right, we're not weighing them anymore. We're not measuring beards or anything because they're all just gender equal. So you know, whatever he tells you, he is. And that's what he is. Yeah, you roll a hand. So on you're, go, you're going it's all to good. <laughs> identified as a tom. <laughs> she gobbled. Are you wounded? We've had him strut into the decoy, oh, yeah. so that should count. I had it happen last year. I swear to you, me and Joey almost killed a hen. Which I shouldn't even say, but we had one coming in strutting, and you could see she had one perfect feather out of place. Like, have you ever seen where they go the opposite way, like the wind's blowing them, right at her beard? And I'm looking at Joey like, that is the grayest head. There's no way that that is a freaking Tom. I'm looking through my binoculars. I'm like, I can see a beard because we could shoot a bearded hen. And finally, she came all the way into like eight yards. I was like, okay, now I can see that it's just like one strain, strainy right. feather. We can't shoot that. <laughs> we can't do few it. places that have a lot of bearded hens, though. We do. I, Curtis just was telling me about one that's got like an 11-inch beard that he's going to kill this that, year. But I know that last year, I had, I mean, in Nebraska, when we were hunting, we have lots of footage to back it up. Flock came in, and there was two or three. If, if, if there hadn't been so many birds, I would have finally killed my first bearded hen. Well, and, when there's that many of them around, there's a better chance. But that there, many well, turkeys around. In well, general. that's what I'm saying. There were so many turkeys, though. Every time that they would move around, I couldn't figure, okay, where'd the hen go with the beard? And I didn't want to accidentally shoot the wrong one. So, what anyhow. It was, yeah, it was. Well, it's still a problem because I've still not killed one. And I've been trying for. You have many, one at your house, don't you? I I've, will usually sometimes have one over at the 80 or have one at the house or something like that, but not consistent enough to hunt it. I don't know about that. You freaking hunted a one Tom consistently. Well, I just haven't chosen to do that. Here's a question for everybody listening. Have you ever, I've asked the question many times about whitetails. Have you picked one whitetail out to hunt? And that's a very common thing for people to do. Have you ever picked a specific turkey out? One that you have followed year after year after year and tried to hunt that one turkey, okay? And if you have done that, you're just as psychotic as my father, okay? There's, there's got to be one exception to that. He when people have it. like a smoke phase bird or something. That's a little that? different than when you're just looking at a bushy beard. <laughs> his name was Bushy Beard. <laughs> That's because his beard was huge. It looked like a paintbrush. So, he I did mean, have a big beard. He did. It was thin. Goodness gracious. All right. Cool. Well, we're almost to turkey season. We are at what? Oh, you know what today is? Another big shout out that I got to do because I haven't made a post. I have already done my due diligence. As oh, I know what this is because it yeah. did go on the Deer Classic this year. No, we missed it by a day. So today is Mom and I's anniversary. Oh, yeah? 31 years. Holy Good Lord. Crap. You're almost 30 years? Yeah. 
31 years. If you divide that by 10 and take that number and add months instead of years, that's about how long I keep a girlfriend for. What <laughs> <laughs> that uh, said. Nobody needed that information. <laughs> He's going 30 years. I can't even keep one around long enough. <laughs> See, I told you you were crazy. It's all good. But anyhow, so not happy anniversary <laughs> to my wife, Karen. Um, but anyhow, so March 6th, we're probably, uh, honestly, we're only less than three weeks away from our first turkey trip. Um, we'll be going back to Nebraska to, to start the early archery season over there that starts March 25th. That is, and by the way, that is a tip for everybody as well that's looking to get married or anything else. He's a great example here. He picked a very good date to be able to celebrate his anniversary because there's not normally a season in in March 6th. So all you crazy guys doing November and October and... We're not open until April 10th. Yeah, we're late. Yeah, But any of you guys doing some of these big seasons, rethink when you're going to get on that knee, all right? Just just a fair warning. David's got it figured out. It goes for having kids, too. You want to make sure... like Time that one up, right? <laughs> Easton's is May 26th, which is after turkey season. I mean, some people have turkey season still in, but not where I ever lived. And then Warren's is December 28th. I screwed up by three days, or he'd have been the perfect tax write-off. Because you get credit for him for the whole year, but you didn't have him. So... Anyhow, that's probably why I'm so financially astute. <laughs> We've gotten nowhere in this podcast. No, we haven't even started yet. And man, people are sitting on the edge of their seat going, are they going to talk about turkeys or not? We're specifically talking about early turkeys, right? Early turkeys, early okay. season turkeys. We're going to kind of break this, this into a few different podcasts because there's a lot of when, subjects of turkey hunting. When does Florida open? Ooh, there, a lot of those states are starting to open mid-March. Mid- March. I feel like they might even be open. Well, Alabama's almost. March seventeenth or yeah, something. Yeah, I was gonna say or around the fifteenth or something like that. So your your southern southern southeast most states, they'll start early, meaning yep. early mid March to. Holy oh. cow! Twenty twenty three spring wild turkey season south of State Road seventy in Florida opens on March fourth. So they're, what so they're already open. Yeah, and then north. Do they only have the one March eighteenth? No, they have two. What are they? Uh, the Osceola and then also the um, Easterns. Uh, Easterns. Oh. It just depends on how far south you are. And so uh, let's talk about Florida. maybe we should talk about regionally first on early turkeys because I think Nebraska is the only one that opens in March up here out here. As far it? as I know, that's the only one that has a specific turkey archery turkey season. Um, and then uh, we should definitely bring this up because we talk about Nebraska a lot. And I think a lot of people know how good nebraska has been they have changed their laws this year you want to make sure that you're paying attention you cannot kill three birds this year it's a two bird limit for everybody and it's a lot more limited tags isn't it and they've limited they never had their limit on tags and now this year they have there'll be ten thousand tags is all for non-residents it's also one bird a day one, one bird per day double correct oh really yep. yep what's the fun in that so, so we just take a buddy and then you shoot one they shoot the other one yeah I guess, but no, no more me shooting one and dad saying, get another arrow. Get another. Yeah, I've done that a lot. <laughs> or shooting three jakes in our <laughs> 10, five minute time span. Yeah. I thought we weren't shooting jakes. Well, here comes another one. I'm going to shoot it too. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, if you won't share M&Ms, then I won't share tags. Well, what do you, what do you want to talk regionally wise? What, what is it? Well, I just think that your turkeys in Nebraska or somewhere early like that is going to be different and the stage of where they're at than in Florida. So I think well, I can't well, speak let's, on let's anything that. we should talk about is 
some tactics of this. So what do, what should you expect when you're going in um, early to let's just say Nebraska to start on as a non-resident yeah, or, <laughs> or, or resident or a resident? One. You're going turkey hunting and and well, b- before the weather has really changed to be spring because that's the one crucial element can be a crucial element we've seen it we've seen it snow three or four inches on us when we've been hunting nebraska with by being there in the in march we've killed them in in the snow in um, what's that what was that day with robbie oh below zero yeah and they still came to calls and stuff though yep and we're still gobbling um but i think the, the biggest thing to me that is of notable um is the fact that there's they're in humongous flocks. Though. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go out there and find one bird by himself. You know, you're going to be chasing. It used to be hundreds. I don't know. If, I haven't seen it quite like that in a while. We haven't hunted the far west side. Like, we're, we're places where we're hunting, maybe the numbers have never been quite the same as what they were over on the far west side of the state. I, I wouldn't, I don't know about hundreds, but I will say, what, four years ago when me and you went, that was tons. There were 70, 70 or 80 birds right. all out together that we were yeah, so for you two can, days you can still deal that they have definitely not left their flocks you know or but the big masses the mobs of turkeys maybe they've broke up where you don't have hundreds you're down to 50 60 birds but a lot of times out of those 50 or 60 there might be 5 to 15 20 toms you know so so um, let's so what's the first thing when we let's just say that we're gonna have to hunt a big flock maybe even we've seen a lot of times where it's 100 birds mm-hmm. What is the first thing that you're going to do as far as your decoys? Are you going to put out or your setup? How close are you getting to these birds? Are you trying to get in their way? Can you call them away? Are you putting out 25 decoys? Are you putting out one? Well, what I would tell people is one of the very first things is don't Ooh. just don't just jump in. Don't don't dive in and say, oh, there was a whole bunch of turkeys here and I'm going to be hunting right over there by those trees. They're going to roost right there. The nice thing about the Midwest birds um, is a lot of times you can see them roosted. You can actually physically look through binoculars and see them all sitting in trees and things like that. But my point is, is that if you could spend a day and watching the birds and see what they're, they're very patternable. They're, they're not, they're not doing a like random moving around. So you can catch that flock going to a per, a specific place to feed and then coming back and so sitting close to roost areas can be really good either just off the roost are you getting right in the center of their way or are you staying off of their just depends you know it depends on what so i i think what warren was talking about is because the next factor is how close can i get my decoys set up to this situation and how realistic can i make this look for them um, because I'm trying to drag someone out of a big mob of turkeys. And so, in, in anyhow, <coughs> excuse me, we've seen that where it doesn't work. We've watched birds just walk right by us. And, I mean, within 70 yards, 80 yards, and not get one single one to come out of the way. You and I had that situation in the National Forest. Which one? <coughs> Sorry. Um, when you killed, when you killed oh, your first oh, oh. turkey. Yeah, and that would that shot my first one or killed my first one. And you killed your first turkey, <laughs> and there was what twenty five toms that beat up on your turkey after you shot it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy you, the number you, of birds. Oh, you didn't get it shot off, did you? I didn't. I never you got did. full jaw, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah but I couldn't pick one. Um, but my point was that so one was easy though because we knew they were they were coming to that one snow patch. Oh, that's what I was because they couldn't. Say. 
You couldn't get water anywhere else. Right. And that snow patch kept melting and melting and melting <laughs> each day. And so we kept moving the blind closer. And to, it took me two days to figure out that's what they were doing. I was like, why are they here? It's in the middle of the National Forest. But, and But your bird, too, I do think it's worth noting, he didn't come to the decoys. Uh-uh. You know, you shot him at, what, 25? Yeah. Granted. No, under 20. No, I shot that. That one was at 22. Or 22. Yeah. That because. Be right. Which was Well, because dad was like, what, 10? Yeah, it was 10. I did smoke him. You made a great shot. And yeah. the first one I shot too is at twenty five as well. But the it's because uh, that this is going to make me sound like a piece of crap ten year old because I didn't think I should shoot a Jake, right? And because we had the Jakes in <laughs> like five six or six yards. Jakes, and then a bunch of hens came into like four or five Aren't you yards. Glad you had me. <laughs> yeah. There was never a Jake that made it past me. <laughs> there was three of them just chilling in our decoys, but the Toms never came to our decoys. Right, they just got, but that's they, why I shot them out there because we didn't think they were going to come any closer. Well, so I think that's a few things that people should be aware of. Is one, I don't think it's one of those deals when you go out early, especially somewhere like Nebraska, where you can expect to to call birds a long ways or call a single bird a long way or get them to break off of the flock. They're probably not going to do it. You got to get in their way. And that's the other thing I thought was really interesting that I think you guys should talk about is you guys had the, you'd pattern them in that saddle where he hit the other one and it right. bounced off of it where you're hunting them like caribou. Yeah. That was the exact same like area or like or saddle, if you want to call it yeah. that, that we killed and we just ended up moving to the snow patch. And so what was the reason you guys did that? Because they weren't coming to the decoys? Because we watched them walk over to the... the we watched and we only would have like half on of them. On the saddle, 75, Well, the first thing that we did was we went into the bottom where the birds were. That's where he shot his first one that it, that we didn't kill. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so we were right on those birds. But after we after we shot at them there, that kind of boogered those birds in that bottom a little bit. So then what so we did... So they did come to the decoys first? Those, that one those ones did, but that was a different flock. Yeah. Yeah, those, okay. those ones came right, but they pitched out of a and tree and then went towards us. The one that did the backflip and knocked itself out. That's what we're that's talking about. That's okay, that is that one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And so, should we tell that story real quick? Probably, because we're talking about a lot of to hits it. too. Okay. <laughs> so when, like, Dad's talking, he would take us to Nebraska when we were young, because you could. Do they even have a limit on how old you have to be? Like, no. as long as you're with a hunting, no, like not. a person with a hunting license. Correct. Well, Montana, you had to be twelve. So. I was 10 and he would start us off doing that. And we went to Nebraska for my first time and me and dad, the first morning got in, that was probably one of the prettiest hunts too. Like those super tall trees, but it's really Cotton open woods, in there. Yeah. And they pitched down what, hundred, 150 yards away from us. And dad coaxed them in and they came over and so we're strutting all back and forth. Like they were fired up, but they wouldn't commit to the decoys. And me being 10, I mean, I was a decent I, I say a decent shot, but I mean... 20 yards. When you were no, definitely yeah, 20, effective out to 20. Well, yeah, yeah I just was... I, I was so freaked out because it was my first ever time right, right. being able to shoot at anything. Um, but he wouldn't come in past 25. And so dad's like, well, if you're comfortable with it, he's he's calm. Like he's, yeah, he he's, was just chilling. He's right just kind of strutting back and forth right there. Take your time and you can shoot him right there. And I said, okay, I can do it. And I shot him and hit him right 
we thought perfect, but hit him right on the was it the wing butt? Hit him right on the wing butt. Um, and he flops, <laughs> he flops around and everything, and literally whacks his head on the ground, and is laying on his back. And me and Dad see his legs straight up in the air, and then they just slowly go down like he dies. Oh. And Dad and me are like freaking out, and like I just killed my first turkey. I'm like, Dad, should we go? Should we go get it so he can't go anywhere? Like, no, you I said didn't. We gotta go strangle him because yeah. you've seen on TV. Yeah, so I was like, we got to go strangle him because I didn't know. I And Dad's like, no, he's he's dead. <laughs> he's good. I was, I was jacked, man. And we're doing an interview, and I don't even know how we didn't see it. I have no idea because, granted, we were pumped up, but he was 25 yards away. How did we not pay enough attention? But I'm doing an interview. Oh, he starts doing the bobbling around, flip-flopping around on the ground. Well, then I look. his feet. Yeah, I look over. I'm like, he's gone. He's going. <laughs> he's just leaving. <laughs> And so my bird had, we determined that he had flipped around so much when I shot him, knocked himself out cold, got back on his feet somehow and ran away. And we chased this turkey oh, yeah, for a him. long ways oh, and ended up seeing him, him the, the next, next couple of days with, he just broken, I just broken one of his wings and he was fine. He's still strutting around with all the other, with all of the whole flock and everything. And, with, but th- that was a mistake on my part. So there's a tip that the people need to know is you need to understand when you start hunting turkeys, I don't care whether it's late season, early season or middle of the season, you want to make sure that you have the correct broadhead if you're going to shoot them with a bow. Um, and what we had Easton in at that time was I was shooting them with an expandable broadhead, a hammerhead and hammerhead. And they're rear expanding. And they're rear expanding, but they made a smaller one is what is all I did with him. Cause he was pulling like, I want to 42, 40, around 45 pounds. Yeah. I think something like that at the time. For your draw length, he was probably like what? 22. 20, it was 24. Right. And oh. so Same as moms. <laughs> so anyhow, the, the, the arrow just didn't get the penetration that we needed it to get. And that's not well, on him. That's on dad. But at the same time, if I don't think remember, it would have mattered. You can look at the video and he like Captain America, like, no, that's the, that's another him, bird. No, that's his, the second. That's one. a whole other bird. And the arrow goes flying. Yes, that's, that's, that was that's the next day. One. Yeah, that was the next day. Not <laughs> the one that bounced off. No, no, no. that first one I crushed in my oh, arrow shit, went in and everything. Did you hit? Two, two. And then he no, there had been three then because he missed the third one. No, the, uh, so the next morning we went out and uh, Jake came in and I was telling that this is going to be TMI for everybody, but I was telling that I'm sick to my stomach <laughs> because this is before I understood everything of my emotions nervous and-, and I get, so, especially when I was a dad with turkeys, I would get so nervous that I thought I was either going to throw off or crap my pants. <laughs> and so it was no different when I, I couldn't handle it. So I'm like, we got these birds coming in and I'm like, dad, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do it. My stomach hurts so bad. And he's like, I think you do. Do you know, can you get on your knees? I was like, I don't think I can get on my knees and shoot because I felt so sick and I didn't understand what was going on. So I said, I'll just shoot out of my chair. And so these Jake's come in and those the first, only Jake I've ever shot in my entire life. And I'm sitting in the chair. You never shot Jake? This is the only one I've ever, ever. What the frick? <laughs> you guys were in the blind right next to us. Yeah, this is when you guys were up on the hill, you and Jim. Like, the same flock. When they pitched, they came right to me and Dad. Right. I remember the one, the first one. I think we were just down from you guys. No, the we first, the fir- very first one is the one I just told the story of where I shot him. That was right behind the farmer's house. Yeah, because Dad had to run back up to the truck because he forgot the camera battery. And, and where were Jim and I? We must have been a different. They spot. were at a completely different spot. I don't know where you were that, that morning. Yeah, I think you guys were in a. Different I know spot. we hunted together at some point because you guys busted all the 
birds, and they flew over Jim and right. I. That's the same day, same more the the morning of that when that happened when they flew over you guys. Yeah, we were we had two blinds set up right beside each other. Okay, and he was going to shoot first. Yeah, Wait down in that bottom. Kind yes, of, okay, just yeah, off yeah, yeah. that. I was yeah. going to shoot the Jake, and I and I was sitting in the chair because I felt so sick, and I <laughs> had never shot out of a chair before, which was mistake number one, and I just completely missed him at, at like fifteen yards or something, and. Then after that went away, like after he went, I told dad, I guess, I guess I'm not sick anymore because I feel better. <laughs> and so it was all adrenaline and all nervousness of all this when the turkeys are coming in. But that was only Jake that I, and then the third one is your Captain America turkey. <laughs> I did crush him too. I thought that one just bounced off and went down. Which one? The, the, the Captain, America? Captain America? Yeah. The Captain oh. America is the one that you're talking about where I wings. shoot him at eight yards. And I said, Dad's like, you crushed him. I was like, no, Dad. My arrow bounced off. And Dad's like, he what? He flung it. He yes. literally, you watch the you footage. Watch the he footage. opens his wing up as I hit him. And my arrow goes flying in midair. And we were like, what in the world yeah, just That happened? turkey is steel. That is a suit. That is super turkey. He's he, Captain America turkey, man. Yeah, he, probably, he probably has some secrets. Uniform that he looking back on this, that was the, the most turkeys. hectic freaking turkey hunt of my life. Well, at, yeah, I'm but, not realizing so I'm, how the, berserk that trip was. Four shots, now. four complete well, the shots. The second one, the, after the second one that he hit, then uh, that's when I was like, Something's "We got, we got to do something in. different here." And so I needed, and so Jim had some fixed broadheads, yep. fixed blade broadheads, and, and I said, it was "A muzzy." I think it was a muzzy, yep. and I said, "All right, let's try this fixed blade broadhead," and because I think that's got to be what's going on. So we put the fixed blade on there, went outside. He shot it. He was it was hitting exactly where his field points were, and I was like, "All right, we're good to go. We're uh, anything under twenty now or under twenty five." Like I said, but I even think that you were shooting super well at thirty. We just didn't want to shoot that far. I didn't want to. Sh- yeah, you had definitely. You were like with turkeys. You don't. We, we, try we should to keep get them, them closer. Under yeah. Yep. Did any? Did anybody else kill a turkey? Jim I killed one. I, I think I killed one or two. I don't know that I've ever been over there. I have pictures. I, I, I know. Can't remember if I shot one or not. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we all killed. Ever, I'm pretty sure we I all. I don't killed. think I have either. I don't think I've ever gone to Nebraska except for last year, and not. I don't know bird. if I still right. have it then. I'd have to go back and look. I can't remember that far to see who else killed that year, but no, I think we killed several. Huh. They're on the synology. I know that. So, but anyhow, getting back to that, so. Make sure that you're shooting the correct broadhead. If if they're which in, I think we can do a whole podcast on that because we, we'll definitely do it on our shot placement theories. Okay, well we can save so. that then. But so that early season, what we, and again we were hunting the big flock. We're following the flock and where they're going, what they're doing, and so I mean a lot of times midday isn't isn't very good because you they're they're out doing whatever and and unless you know where they are. Um, where I love hunting midday through the rest of turkey season, I'm all about a midday. I actually kill more turkeys in. But when they're in those big flocks, you want to be where they're coming out or where they're going back to. And, you know, I mean, when we hunted over through um, by Broken Bow there with Robbie, that was the best afternoon place we've ever seen where they would come back. There was three or four fences that all came together in one spot there. That where we had that sl- the slow motion of the yeah. one shot and Warren tripped yep. and tackled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess in that one thing would be is if you don't have a spot that you're going to, then you need to understand that it's this, you need to find the turkeys. It's not one of those deals where you can go and just say, Hey, this looks like there should be birds here and you go and hunt it. You're probably going to burn some time. You're going to hoot your brains out and yeah. probably not get any answers. Yep. Because it, so for people that don't understand or that have, 
because there's probably a lot of states where they don't do this. You know, the the winters are hard enough in Nebraska that they have to get into these huge flocks, and you'll they'll come from miles around, and they'll all flock up. And then as it gets warmer, they'll break up into these little groups of, you know, 10, 20, whatever birds, and they'll just span out at that point. But they're going somewhere to winter, such as the one place that we would found where the bales, they destroyed all the farmer's hay bales into just a clump because they would just be there during the winter. So you have to find, you're not going to be able to go in places where a few weeks later that you can go and you'd find birds probably consistently. You're not going to find them there early. You're going to have to find where, wherever they're wintering at. And, and once you find some of them, you should find them all. And that's what we got gotten lucky with what you guys are talking about. All those birds, too, were all public, <clears throat> yep. which I don't know if it's if Nebraska is still quite like that. But like we had gotten into hundreds of turkeys on on the public ground out there, National Forest, and we're the only ones chasing them. Yep. So what I guess if we're going off situations, because I have questions previous to <clears throat> when season opens, but if we're going off like this regional and stuff for the people that are getting earlier seasons. So, for example, we've talked about the time that like three, four years ago when me and you went, we wanted to go for a weekend to Nebraska and we didn't go to the western side because it's when we lived in Iowa and we knocked on doors just to see where we could get permission and we'd found a big flock of turkeys and we got permission they said go ahead go hunt them to lay out the situation of where these birds were at there was two big big ag fields and then right down to split them is one strip of timber or like not real big but that's where they were roosting and then which was closer to the road than it was to where we actually sat if i remember right and uh when they would when they would pitch they'd pitch out and they might work into the or like down the field edge towards like where we end up sitting a little bit or just out into the field the reason i'm describing that is because where you decided to pick the more i've the, the older i've gotten and looked back on it i asked why did you pick there because we didn't we have no fear of putting us like a setup like a blind and a decoy stuff in the middle of the field in the wide open but for whatever reason where this came this this field came out they would pitch you either you're banking on them pitching to our side or if they pitched the other side we we weren't on that side obviously so if they pitched on our side we're good but they might work out in the field a couple hundred yards out away from us and instead of being out in the middle of the field where we knew they were going to go by at some point anyways you went to the edge of the ag field and we were on right on a terrace and in like this little grass area in the corner of the field which was probably 200 yards away from where they were at why would you pick as opposed to going like cutting them off where you know they're going to come out and go to at some point whether it's all 70 of them or whatever or just a few of them why would you go 200 yards away and bank on calling them to us or getting getting them to come over to us so the reason and that's <clears throat> easy it's greed greed is what put us there and that was we had more than one tag you had two tags and i had two tags yeah and it, the way I was looking at it is if we're in the middle of the mob when they show up in the middle of this big and we shoot a turkey there, they're gonna, they, we're going to spook everybody. So, or we got to go get it or whatever. And then that's going to put us in a situation where we've blown that spot. And if you remember, I don't remember we'll exactly how many, that really, that was it. Yeah. I mean, we had the edge of this one field. I mean, we had the, we, so basically we had where the turkeys wanted to go to feed. We couldn't, where they remember when they were all roosted down in that tree, like 200 yards away. We couldn't go hunt it. We couldn't go down there yep. and hunt that. So we were limited in where we could go. And so I'm trying to maximize the area we have. And so I banked on. Okay, and the other thing was the scouting we did showed us there was 25 toms. We saw like 25 different toms, 
And I was like, okay, I think that we can start. And they were strutting and they were doing their thing. Again, I'm checking the weather to see what is it going to look like tomorrow. That can change where I decide to set up. But we were looking at good weather, meaning calm. I don't care if it's cold, like what you brought up, Warren, when we were hunting with Robbie and them that time. I want to say it went down to like minus 10. And if you remember, we lost a whole day of hunting. It was calm, though. But when we went back to hunting. Because remember, when the storm came in, we couldn't hunt. It was, that was like minus 10 wind blowing, snowy rain, sleet, and it just shut them down completely. And then the next morning, it, it, it stayed cold, but it was just crystal clear and calm and sunny. And man, the birds didn't have any problem. I think we killed three that day. Uh, mom got a sh- morning. Is that yeah, the one did. I was with you guys on that one too? Yeah, mom shot one. Mom shot Warren. Shot Warren shot two. Well, shot that's two, what I'm saying. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that you that we killed three, and yep. that I mean so all in the same bottom. All all Within we can like see each other. Yeah. yeah, in ten minutes, I think because I think actually <laughs> the same birds that came over and right. Mom shot the one, and then the other one came over to me, and I shot that one, and then and then another Jake came in, and I shot that mm-hmm. one too. Right. So, um, so I guess weather plays somewhat of a factor. Um, if you're just trying to kill a turkey, set up and set up right where you think they're going to be coming through. Now, and then you, you kind of have to play a game with them. I'm, I'm looking at the birds. I'm looking to see how they're reacting. Hopefully, I've gotten to scout them a little bit, whether or not we're going to throw a Jake up or whether we're going to use a Tom. You know, see but, if the Jakes are beating up yeah, on the Toms and, or not. I mean, if there's a whole bunch of Jakes, then I'm probably not going to use a Jake decoy. If there's not too many Jakes around or there's more Toms, then I'll probably put a Jake out there, um, you know, and just depends on which way. But I would tell people. And why is the reason of that? Um, because what happens is if you get a multiple Jakes together, then they become like teenagers on a on a basketball court or out in the playground and they gang up on the Toms and they'll run them off. I mean, we've had. Because a lot of times you get one or two Toms that are, have their hens. Absolutely. Right? And, and you'll. And you'll have, if you get a big group of alone jakes, there's like six or seven of them together. They don't have any hens. They'll go beat everybody up. They're just, they become like ferocious, you know, as the best description. I can't tell you how many times I've had a Tom come to my decoy and he's coming, committed. Everything is good. I'm going to get a shot here. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, some jakes see him. They come running. And I mean, he comes out of a strut and just takes off running. He's gone. Yep. Um, so you want to be careful, you know, when, on but, what decoy you set up, but they, a lot of those same toms are willing to come to another tom. Absolutely. You yeah. know, they fear the jakes, but they're okay with coming and fighting one individual tom. Right. Well, it's a numbers game. I feel like a lot of times, cause if like you've had a couple of times where you've had nine or 10 different jakes around your property. That yep. just run around and beat oh, everybody it. up. Yeah, I hate it. When that happens, But then you have a great year this year because you're telling me you have tons of toms everywhere. Toms. Yeah. But do you think uh, Do you think it'd be a good idea in, say, Nebraska? I wonder if it could be more effective if you if we took, say, 10 decoys. Look like a whole flock. There. Yeah. Because you do see them when they kind of have their little groups for the day where they'll go over to the other birds on a consistent basis. Right. Where I wonder if instead of us having just two or three, if we had 10 15 decoys you out there. You can go ahead and do that. I ain't freaking hauling yeah, that. We have too much pack, crap in the first place. Yeah. Dick's, er, I think it could Dick. work. <laughs> <laughs> Just mixed Nick and Duck. <laughs> I was going to say Nick's a duck hunter, so he'd help me. <laughs> and that's how it came out. Good Lord. Yeah, for anybody wondering what it's like to work in the race hunting office, this is what we do with Warren's head. It that just goes everywhere. Fart. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yes, I was going to say, Nick is a duck hunter, so he'd be willing to help me put out a bunch of decoys. Like well, I, and I've seen people who've done that. Now, the best thing that I have seen, that, that if I was to tell someone the best thing that you can do to a decoy, there's there's a few things. One, um, movement. If you can make a move. Uh, that killer bee, the Primos one, I will, pull the string I up. will use that all the time because you pull that string. I, do, I almost do it too much. Good, and then it <laughs> come back up. Yep. Um, but you can also wrap it around them so you can turn them around. But And then I saw just at the Iowa Deer Classic, there's another gentleman that's got a whole mechanism that he sells you that's a raw, that's a reel, you know, a fishing reel, and you pull it out, and then he's showing you how you can move them around. There's multiple companies now making a um, something that's remote control that you can actually turn them around, things like that. Um, I The one that we had used before was the Strutton 360, um, and it is a game changer. I mean, when you start moving one around. Thing I, the only thing that made me nervous about that is if you get any wind, which granted with decoys in the first place, if you get a lot of wind, it's a pain in the butt to keep them sitting in one spot. Right. But the it doesn't turn. You can't get it to turn. It's too heavy. Great if it's really it's windy. It's really windy. But with yeah. a rope, I can pull it as much as I want. That's so true. So I get them to turn. But the, but, but, the, but the main thing that you don't need before that even uh, is a thing is the two things that you need is if you buy a decoy, I don't care what brand you buy, the moment that you pull that silk fan that they give you, if it's a Tom decoy, you want to take that silk fan and throw it in the trash <laughs> and you want to get a real tail and put it or on there. Or keep that and glue your tail or onto it. Or glue your so tail onto it. Yeah. My, my point is, is you want real tail feathers on that turkey. Robbie had probably the best hen decoy I've ever seen with the one that he pinned the fan. I can't the, the wing, her wings, wings on there. And so she, so I mean, what if you haven't killed a turkey yet? Then would you tell them to use the silk fan? I, you're going to have to if you if you know it. But I would try. I call a taxidermist. I call buddies and see if someone's got a fan. Usually, people someone will have an extra one sitting around somewhere. You know that you can borrow or whatever. Yep. Um, but I say borrow. You're probably going to you're going to keep you're going to keep, gonna that keep one. it. You know, but which that's what that's what we do with a lot of our fans that we kill over the year is we can't we can't display all of them. So we usually keep keep a few just yep. strictly for decoys. Yep. And we used to we used to use the little uh, Primos <clears throat> made the yeah, Primos made that little adapter thing where you yep. could put each individual um, turkey feather in there, like fan feather. And in then there. it only takes twelve feathers, and, and it, then it folds up. And it, that was nice for packing, mm -hmm. but the thing that I've found that since we started reaping and stuff, it's kind of nice when you take just the full fan that when you fan it out and you get it to. Like you get it, all the meat dried up and everything. You just take the actual fan and a lot of those decoys, you can pop the fan down in there and it just clamps onto clamps the fan, stays. but you can't pack that in your decoy bag, but that's okay because I don't mind. I like carrying that so that, and you get into situations where like, okay, I need to walk on the edge of this hill or something. I can pop that fan up and use it kind of to cover us just to get to the next spot. And I have it right there. Yep. So the mobility of it didn't bother me that much to use an actual fan of just spreading it out to and locking it in well, that there's place. companies now that are making like a carrying case for the fans too if you don't oh, really? want to do that yeah it's a, like that. a zip deal almost yep. looks like a guitar case or something <laughs> lay the fan in there and zip it can't shut. get over guitar. how he says guitar i don't know guitar okay, okay. but you Anyways. didn't let me finish that so the real tail feathers is number one that you want to do to your decoys and the other one is you want real eyes you want real glass eyes um and i know it sounds crazy but they can see the difference in the plastic eyes um, and we know that from actually the first, before that was kind of a thing, 
I was taking Primo's decoys and cutting the eyes out, and I bought a set uh, from a taxidermist. I bought two sets of turkey eyes, and then I put them on. Uh, I just shoved them in from the inside and took a piece of you of um, duct tape and duct taped them in there. Well, that was a mistake because the one day Warren and I had a bird come in. I mean, came right to the decoy, perfect. It's like this, and we're in Nebraska. And he comes from hundreds of yards away and he marches out there and he gets to the decoy and Warren's just getting ready to come to full draw. And the bird just like freaks out and runs off. I'm like, what the heck was that all about? Well, then we had another one. Here comes another one. It's okay. I don't know what happened there, but he does this. He gets to the same place, does the same thing. So now we decide we better get out and go look and see what, is there something shining on the decoy or what's going on? Go out there, and our decoy has no eyes. <laughs> and those turkeys are still telling each other about that. I saw <laughs> the freaking <laughs> go-to joke all the time. Yeah, there was a turkey, and he had no eyes. <laughs> I could see the other side of his head. Right but, through his head. That was a dumb yeah. turkey right there. But then, so then I learned, so, and this is a little tip for people. If you don't want, if you own a decoy and you want to make it better, you want to make glass eyes, cut the little slit to cut the eyes out. But I, I think they're like, they're probably 10 or 12 bucks now. I think they were like six when I bought them. But you buy a set of glass eyes for a turkey, put them up in there, duct tape them in there so that that will hold them in place, and then shoot some great stuff foam, and it'll expand. The reason I say leave the duct tape there is so that the great stuff foam doesn't come out around the eyes because then you got to, like, chip that away. Yeah. A but, lot of these companies are using real eyes now, I think, aren't yeah, they? Several of them, like AVNX yeah. and DSD. I think there's probably some other ones that are using real eyes. Yeah, real glass, um, and it makes a huge difference. And boy, the decoys look phenomenal nowadays. Mm-hmm. Lots of companies are making, um, and then they make a rug. Um, I think there's a couple companies making like a, a turkey rug that you, you could, wrap around your decoy. Yeah, it's real feathers that you pull around your decoy. Huh. Yep. So, so, so now let's, maybe let's just go to the rest of the country when everybody else's season opens. What are some of the first things that you're doing? Well, I, I before you even get to that, I want to talk about before the season. Okay. Because. I don't, there's not nearly as much to do, like, as opposed to a whitetail where you're trying to find certain deer and stuff or whatever. But like right now, I just, I've, I keep, I keep a lot of cameras out year round, whether it's for turkeys or for deer. And I just pulled a camera and I'm sitting there thinking, because where, where do you put it? I'm like, okay, I don't really, most of our deer have dropped. I don't really need it for the deer at the moment. So I, what I could be doing is have a camera out to see if I know some of these turkeys are coming into this field to, when they come out of their roost in the mornings or in the evenings. Where are you, are you trying to go locate birds right now and put cameras out? Do you just put cameras out in spots you think? Do you even do that and just wait till the season and just locate them or just driving around finding birds? What are you doing? Both. And I mean, I, I enjoy turkey hunting as much as I do whitetail deer hunting or elk hunting. And so I'm, I'm up early every morning. Um, maybe not every morning, but early enough that I can get on the road and go drive around for an hour, hour, sometimes it depends on where the farm is. If it's a farm that I want to hunt, that's an hour away. I got to be able to get down there. Um, you, one is get there before daylight and listen to where they're, cause if they're gobbling, they're roosting. where they're roosting and start to f- figure them out because typically they're going to go back to the general area. They're pretty not consistent the with where they're roosting. Right? Yeah. Okay. You know, um, Midwest, it's much easier um, because they don't have as many options places, but like places like back East, you know, and things like that, they may, they got a lot of Oak trees, a lot of big, tall trees. They may not roost in the same spot every time. Um, but if you can start to figure out, you hear him two or three times, you know, before the season, good chance he's going to be in that area when you go in there on opening day. 
I would tell you too, you can look during shed season, you can be looking for roost trees, you yep. know, lots of poop at the base. And then the other thing about that is I personally, I think that you're better off listening in the morning if you can than, Absolutely. At, than at the night. Oh, way more. They, yeah. You hear them. They'll go off on their own a lot in the mornings. Yep. And, and evenings can be a lot tougher. The other thing that I found, um, especially in the West or the Midwest, is you got to be careful. You hear a bird and it's 15 minutes before dark. I'm talking sun has already got, gone down. Bird is gobbling and you think, okay, I can go home now. I, he's gobbled seven or eight times, you know, and it's almost dark. That may not be the case. He may still be on the ground and move. I had a bird move one time on me over a mile in the last like five minutes, 10 minutes. It was at um, Mrs. Where, where I shot the first turkey with you, Mrs. Milburn's place. And in I Montana. heard that, yeah, I had, okay. I had that bird located. I was turned around. I was walking up the hill and he gobbled again. And I was like, no, oh, we're good. And then I, next time he gobbled, I was like, I think he's moved a little. So I stopped and I'm started listening again. And then he gobbled again and then he gobbled again. And then he was off of her property and around the whole ridge. And I'm like, what the heck? I would have come back the next morning and set up on a bird that wasn't there. And been wondering why he run. wasn't gobbling. What's, oh, I mean, birds will, like when they're like, if they're, if they're caught to, out too, <laughs> they will do a dinosaur run, yeah, they will. which that's like, I couldn't believe we got a shot that one day. We pulled them off of their roost. Yeah. So a lot of times, <laughs> too, you know, you'll see they'll go up on a bank to and pitch, into pitch the it. Tree. Yeah. And East and I had set up on these turkeys where we pretty sure they were there. I think, I don't know how we knew they were there in the morning. We'd seen something. them in the morning and we didn't get them to come in. Okay. We went back in the evening and they went by us. And, or they came up on that hill or whatever, and they were already to their roost, and we're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, they were at, so close to dark. So we like, were sitting there because we knew they were going to go there to roost. Yeah. We were hoping they were going to, like, come 45 minutes early and right. kind of mess around. And, um, no, they didn't. I think I don't even know what made us stay. I think we heard a gobble or something. Well, we, and we saw them get up onto that hill, like, 10 or 15 minutes before dark. And I was like, well, they're at their roost tree. They're not going to do anything. And I go, well, I guess we're here. We might as well try and wait. And you called called them in or their decoys or something. No, as soon as they saw it. So the heads yeah, were up there on the thing. And then running. It was like four or five toms and just. just and a line. All four of them just beelined. And then, of course. Warren misses. I missed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is not uncommon. but It was crazy, though. But I that was right. That, like, it was dark. Like, it was. Right. They probably had five minutes. To, from the time they left their tree to come down to us, it was probably 10 minutes total. They had to come to us and get back to their tree. And sure enough, they ran right to us, got shot at, ran right back. Yeah. <laughs> we came out on, on empty handed. So getting up early and, and driving, even if you don't get up that early, just glassing even too. I mean, look for places where you think that it's ideal for these birds to strut. They're going to come out in areas and, and things like that. And especially as, and every day gets better as you get closer to your season. Um, some of the seasons are unfortunate. I know back East that those guys struggle where the States now aren't starting seasons until like May or late, late April. So I heard a theory behind that. Actually, I just talked to a gentleman and they were, I guess, and I haven't done my own research on this yet. So I'm just telling everybody what I heard. He said that basically is what they find out now, because I guess there's a lot of states that have a diminishing population. So everybody listening, if you would chime in and let us know what's going on in your state, we'd be interested to hear it. seems like Nebraska's obviously having some stuff too. Right. But uh, anyways, what, what the this study, I guess, said was that, you know, your one Tom running the flock, that he, that, that one Tom actually somehow makes makes it where the other male birds don't have an ability to breed at all. Okay, so if that tom gets killed, 
there can't just be another Tom that goes into that flock and can breed all of them. Okay. Now there's other Toms that have the ability to, to breed, but supposedly they're saying that those ones also have hens and then it takes them longer to be able to find those other hens. And that, so they're missing some of these periods for these hens to be bred, which is in turn, what's hurting the population or that a lot of these Toms are getting killed before they're ever even getting to the season, like say in a youth season or uh, maybe right. in, in Nebraska where it's, there's a really early season that before they're ever even breeding that these, the boss gobblers are getting killed, which I thought was really, really interesting if that is all accurate. Like, it sounds like a Jay can't even technically um, do any breeding. Yeah. Well, see, I knew that they were, they would, they'll fight them off so that they can't breed. What are they doing to make it where they physically can't breed? I don't know. I need to read the whole thing, but that's just the quick information that I had. And it was, to me, I was, if, that's, if that's all accurate information, that's scary for the population. It makes yeah. me wonder how it's made it. This long. This long, yeah. Well, I mean. That would make me, make me almost question it, that it's made it this long. Right. Because your main ones you're killing are the ones that would be breeding. Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely the easiest to call in and yeah. the most aggressive. Well, but, I mean, I, I do know there is some truth to, to, when you see two birds together and one is strutting and he's doing the breeding, the, the other, other one, one might is, be strutting, but he's, he's doing all he's doing you. is protecting and keeping yeah. everyone off, and he never does any breeding. Yeah. You know, but I, I wonder if that's because I, he can't physically breed. Well, I I always assumed that if you shot the uh, the one, then he, he would, would step take in. over. Yeah. You know, but I guess if they're, I mean, for an animal like a white-tailed deer to be able to absorb one of the fawns when they know the herd is in peril, that, you know, it doesn't surprise me that Mother Nature hasn't built these way for these turkeys. One of them doing the breeding, another one not, or... um but it's because, I mean, that leads to, like, chicken birds. You know, chicken birds are... Maybe they don't care at all. No, I think chicken birds can breed. Oh, you do? I do. I think that they can. I think that they're just, they're terrified of everyone else, though. You know, they mm. just, I don't know. They just seem way too aggressive, like, as in, they're always easy to call and get them to come to a certain point, but then they just won't come any closer, you know, so... Maybe they're scared of becoming infertile. <laughs> like if I lose this, I can't have any kids. <laughs> but so anyhow, so getting up early, driving around, glassing, I'd spend as much time um, trying to locate your birds and, and, and see what you can figure out as you possibly can. I mean, it, 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 the more information you have before the season, that, that's where we're pretty fortunate in that I live close to where we do a lot of turkey hunting. Some of the places we hunt, I don't live that close to, but I still try to get down there. And now that we've hunted a, mo a few years, I've learned what those birds are doing and they do they're they're pretty habitual they'll do the same things they have the same habits but the other one is trail cameras and i mean you can especially with the cellular pieces piece to that you could put a cellular camera out there and it will tell you pretty quickly whether you found the turkeys or not and i well I that's can, I was gonna, you have so many videos of trail or trail camera videos of turkeys yep i don't get i mean i have a few cameras that are out that just happen to get deer and turkeys together but do you move your cameras? I've already started. Like I go. And to so what are you doing to that? Cause that's, that's what I'm like right now. I've never set cameras up for turkeys. I well, just go hunt turkeys. That's what I do. Well, and I can tell you, I have, I have one particular camera that just the other day when we went shed hunting with um, Casey and, and uh, Brock Brock. And so it was on a scrape on the edge of a field. Yeah. And that's, and so all I had to do was take and shift that camera. So instead of pointing, it was pointed straight West. Yeah. Um, or straight east, sorry, from the west. Yep. And so that I could, because there was a scrape or a tree line, tree edge there. I turned it to where you shot last year, you know, 
um, so that that, that strip so of grass going down field. through there, so you can see down there. What I love about that spot is a lot of times I'll have a deer trigger it, and I'll see the turkeys in the background. <laughs> I wish I, I could control my deer that well. You shot a tom last year. Yeah, which well, which one? did he hit it? In the okay. the one that you recovered. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So my but I'm, that narrows it down a lot, actually. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm all the way on the other end of that field. But like the other day, wasn't it? Yeah, when we were all there, there was tur- the turkeys had walked out right then because you said they were gobbling at us. Yeah. Yeah. So I've already, I mean, I had only moved that camera 30 minutes prior and then there was turkeys standing in front of it. You know, so some so of them are just in the right spot. You just move them to a little bit. I just bit had to adjust. I didn't, I just moved it 10 feet yeah. and so that it was more out in the field. The other big one that I would tell people that, especially if you're looking to get evening pictures of or evening videos or pictures of off trail cameras is you want your cameras set up on the on the west side of your fields okay because what's going to happen is the sun's going to come out and those birds a lot of times will get in the shade i don't know why but they don't like to strut around in the sun they like even if it's cool they'll walk over in the shaded spots so if you're on the west side of your field that's what's going to get shaded first. You know, it could be hour before dark or whatever. And they come out and they start strutting. It's the opposite, isn't it? Your no. east side would get shaded first. No. And with the, the sun set. It's going down in the west. Yeah. So the first part that's, yeah, the, the no. hill's covering the east side. No. If, if this is a field and I'm showing him with my phone. So if this is the field and this is east and this is west and the sun's going down like this. Yeah that side of the field is going to have all the sun on it. The so east you're side You're talking is. specifically in the afternoon though. Specifically I think afternoon. About a morning. No, I'm talking about afternoon. Afternoon. This is going to get shaded first. The trees are blocking it. Oh, the trees, I guess. See, like if a tree <laughs> was there and the sun is. No, I get with the trees. I could understand that. I'm just thinking though, that, like if you were just a wide open field, the hill would be the first thing to block it from the east side. Well, think, there's trees around the edges of okay, the field. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so the west. I see what you're saying. You're west, right. The west side of the field yes, is, would be a great place to put a camera. But what I'm looking for primarily is I'm not putting mine on trails and things like that. I'm looking Just for strutting open. areas. I'm looking for areas that I feel like, and so that, especially open areas in the timber. Meaning, mm. it, like, instead of a... Like a little meadow. Yeah, instead of a 100-acre agriculture field, because they could be anywhere, I'm looking for a two acre grassy spot, grassy spot inside the timber, um, a place where, you know, and then the other thing I'm looking for is where are they dusting? Where, where, where am I seeing drag marks? Where am I seeing, um, uh, scratches or, or more importantly tracks. And that's the one that I can't tell you that I posted one here just the other day, there was tracks in my driveway and I took a picture of it and posted. And I can't tell you how many people that I had to describe. It was a Tom track. And they thought that it was a hen. And so understanding that that middle toe is going to be longer on all your toms. Toms are going to, it, the middle toe is going to be quite a bit longer. Evidently, I should have paid a lot more attention to dad when I was younger. You didn't know that? I've never paid attention to a track. I mean, I see turkey tracks. I just think it's a turkey track and keep going. If he's flipping, <laughs> I don't actually. If it's flipping you off, it's a tom. That makes sense. And then yeah, tell him about the poop. And then the poop. Because you probably don't know that either, do you? Well, the poops are like large turds are the toms aren't they no uh, if it's a hen it'll be like a hershey's kiss it'll be, <laughs> it'll be a little little like i a think i actually top. remember that as a little kid and then if it's a if it's a tom it's or a, a jake ones. it's going to be in the form of a question mark mm. it's got a little j to it and man little, their buttholes even do it yeah 
I wonder why that is. It's really <laughs> weird that their turds be any different. Uh, but they are 100% different. You know? uh, so yeah, you're looking weird. for the questions, not the Hershey Kisses, all right? That's right. And yeah. the, and you want the middle finger. You want the bird right at you. Yep. Yep. You want the bird to know it's the bird. Uh, yep. I, think <laughs> I might still have that on here. But it was a, there was a bunch of people that were... Well, that's good, because I think the majority of the tracks I'm cutting right now all are flipping me right off, so I got a lot of toms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there it is right there. Is there any difference in the toms and the jakes? Really? Okay, see that? I would have just thought it's just a huge track. I would just imagine it's a Yeah, but a, it's look how much longer that, that... Yeah, it's way longer. Yeah, it's quite a bit longer. Your hens are... I wish you had a hen sitting right next to it. So you could have a comparison. Yeah, well, I didn't. Well, I can't make whatever shows up. I in the understand that. I'm just saying that would be nice. But now, see, this is what's crazy: is you can see drag marks. I don't think that bird was strutting, but there are drag marks right there. Normally, a drag mark would be from their wings. Their wings, but it would be like it need to be wider like than his that. Beard to me. I don't think so. A wouldn't it have to be wider? Like it'd have to be away from his. Uh, you would think. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But then why don't you just tell people what drag marks are? In so case so drag marks are when birds are strutting, they drop their wings down, obviously. And you'll see that because the, the, the wings will actually get squared off. They won't come to a point anymore, especially after they've done a lot of strutting. No. And they're dragging those wings. And matter of fact, you'll hear a turkey coming sometimes by hearing them dragging drag. their wings. And it's a... And it, I mean, it's cool. Right along with the... Oh yeah, I wish I could. I wish that we could mimic that. Almost on here, you probably could kind of if you could if you could bump the bass up in your vehicle. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, because just straight. I, bass. I wonder how many guys out there, gals out there that have been turkey hunting, heard a bird drumming. You know, I would be willing and, to bet a lot of a lot of them know. haven't. And yeah, as you say, that's but, what I'm saying. They you don't understand that that. Because it's such a. You actually have to focus to listen to it, yeah. to like to recognize it, though. But it's cool. It's well, really because cool. otherwise, usually they're. If you're hearing that, they're pretty they're close, sub fifteen yards. Yeah, but we've heard somewhere yeah, it's like thirty yards away. Yeah, because I've thought the same thing. I'm like, I we me and Dad have sat there. I'm Can't like, I can hear bird, it. You know, and I can then, hear where it's at. And you're looking all around you because like it's got to be close, and it's the one that's out there. Right. But, or spitting. Spitting is. I like that. I don't know why they, it's easier to they hear. They go into but a I, trance. <laughs> they kind of lose they themselves. Have, they, have, they have Tourette's. But uh, so, uh, I mean, just another little quick thing that, you know, if you're going to be out there and you're, you got limited time, a guy can, you know, you can jump out of the truck and owl hoot at him, you know, and try to get him to gobble. If you got to get going to work or whatever. Um, the one thing that I'm not a big fan of, and I know a lot of people that are doing it and that is they're using whatever's the loudest thing, slamming a car door and they might gobble at it, but they're not going to be anywhere around when you go to hunt them. If they hear that, but the one that I is uh, coyote calls, I know people because they're really high pitch and they reach a long ways. If you, if you're going to be hunting, I wouldn't be using a coyote call because they ain't coming out of that. Tr- they may gobble, but they ain't coming out of that tree because they know they could get eaten. So, um, but anyhow, their locator calls can be super effective before the season. Get your trail cameras set up in places where you open areas, smaller secluded open areas are better. Um, what else? What other preseason prep questions did you have? My main one was trying to find like where they're at before the season, as a, and and because I've heard a lot of people that where it's legal, you, they'll bait, like throw corn out and stuff, right. just to see if they're in the area or get them kind of in the area. But I don't. I'm not going to go spend money on 
I've been, corn out for I honestly have month. never hunted a. I, I, maybe I have hunted a state and didn't you even do know that it. Anywhere you can do it here, you can't bake not turkeys. During the season. I'm not talking about during turkey season. I'm talking about beforehand. Oh yeah, but I'm talking about just seeing if they're in the area or getting them in the area. Because I've know. heard people doing that, but I'm like, I don't care to throw corn out for probably Texas uh, turkey. Yeah, I would think that in those cases you have a, quite an edge there if you throw corn out. My my main thing was just finding your birds because we're getting to the point now where I think that you're going to have where they're at is somewhere close to where they're going to be at to be hunting them or we're getting to that point. We're, we're not us. there yet. I mean, right now they're still like I saw a big flock today. Yeah. And I don't expect those birds to be in that same area. Um, the other day. Do you I, think they'd be starting to split now? We're getting nice weather, so. Yeah, but then you get crappy weather, and they'll bunch right back up. You know, I mean, it, you, they, they just, they, they go with the weather right now. Yep. So I'd be careful. I guess we still are, what, a month away? Say mm-hmm. 7th or something, or 6th? That yeah, was the other thing I was going to say is for all, all the seasons that when they do open, you know, I guess how aggressive are you going? Because I know for Iowa, we've changed our tactics to where as soon as the season opens, we're trying to kill, kill every bird we can. Yep. Because they get educated so fast. Yeah, and I think that's we're probably no different than any other state. Matter of fact, we probably are less than what some others are, and our birds still get educated fast. Yeah. Um, where I tell someone, you know, you can throw a ground blind up, they won't pay any attention to it. A week after the season's open, and that tent out there with two decoys in front of it, they probably have seen it. If they haven't seen yours, they've seen your neighbors. What, do you think they really just remember that for a season, and then they just forget it the next year? I do. They need better memories. They want to live. I hope not. Dude, their brain is that big. Yeah, but an elephant's brain is the size of a peanut, and they're smart as crap. So, I would like to see that. I don't believe that. Look it up. I will. All right. I guess I don't know if it's true either, I but I just—I <laughs> thought I saw it on Discovery Channel, so that's got to be right, right? <laughs> I don't think an elephant has anything to do with a turkey. Well, he's making fun of their size of their brain. Are you actually going to? You're actually going to look up. How big is the brain of an elephant? Hmm, interesting. The elephant brain in particular at four and a half to five kilograms is about three to four times larger than the human brain. Uh, Discovery That's a Channel big lied flipping peanut. Hey, man, maybe Africa's got bigger peanuts than us. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, like we said, I think we wanted to stick with preseason to getting started on these early birds, you know, um, decoy setups like i said movement to them getting them close to the flocks rather than being right in the middle of it but you definitely want to know where your birds are going if you're going to hunt turkeys early you want to you want to have done some scouting going out and just randomly it's not like mid-season or late season where you can go out and hit a call and you might get a bird to gobble and he may even come in um it's not going to happen typically early early you know depending on how early your season starts so but boy, it can be fun. Oh it yeah, it can be a lot of fun to hunt them that early. It can be extremely frustrating though, too. So don't not be, get them to do much. Well, don't be afraid that when they do pass by you, to just hold tight. Sometimes I've seen them in his particular case. That day you shot all the jakes. Whole flock went out in the field. Whole flock came back. Whole flock went out in the field. Then the flock started to break up, and a couple of them came over. Not that I'm one to credit too much, but number one, I think of a tip patience the whole time oh yeah because I, I fought multiple birds last year with joey and i get anxious i'll sit there for a couple hours two three hours i'm not sitting there for four or five 
And then the moment I tell dad, he comes and hunts and we, that fourth hour or whatever is when he breaks and he comes right in, kills his first bird. So wait for them. They are not in any hurry most of the time. Oh, they're doing. Their I think thing. that's eighty-five percent of people's problem. I think it Mine is too, included, because yeah, I don't want to sit that long. Well, I feel like sitting there when you know they're there, like especially when you know they're there. You're sitting there for a couple hours, and you got them working for a little bit, or like they're gobbling, 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 and then eventually they stop. And you go like an hour. You're like, okay, they're just done. That's when I'm like, okay, I've given them like an hour to get here. If he's not, if he's gonna be here, he would be. I'm done and go. When really you wait another hour, and that's when he's probably going to be more willing to move to come over. Oh, well, I can. I mean, Nick can attest. Opening day last year, we had six or eight toms fly down in the field with us. We thought this is going to be over. Actually, it's going it's going to be screwed up because it's too dark for me to even shoot on film. And then they don't come over, and they just skirted us the whole time for whatever reason. Then Bird shows up behind us. I'm like, all right, this is going to be it. He skirts around us. Another one shows up from behind us. He skirts around us. I'm like, what's going on? I want to say, wasn't it like 11 o'clock when we finally shot? 10.30? So we're talking four and a half hours. And yet most people, I think, would have, when when they all left, and then there was only three or four hens left in the field, this is done. Done. We just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And we just stayed put, you know. And then all of a sudden, one of the toms showed back up. And for whatever reason, this time, the hens decided they were coming to us. And they walked out to us, and the Tom followed them, and I killed a turkey. You know, but we had to just wait and wait and wait. So, all right. Anything else that you had question-wise that anyone had asked? So, hopefully, hey, if you guys got questions about turkeys, because like I said, we're probably going to be doing two or three um, uh, different podcasts on turkeys. We got a lot of stuff. Warren kind of cut me off as far as waiting on the decoy stuff, and we're going to a lot more um, talking about calls and things like that and what to use and what not to use. I hope you can hear me over Easton eating his M&Ms now that he's not sharing. Yeah, you rude piece of crap. Yeah, that's just wrong. Tastes good. All right. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, We're looking forward to turkey season. Where I was going with that before he started chomping in my ear was if you you have specific questions about turkey hunting that you want answered, shoot us those questions. We'll add them to it so that when we do the podcast, we can include that in there. But other than that, we sure appreciate you guys again. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for leaving the reviews. The podcast is doing extremely well, and that's thanks to all you guys. So appreciate you. This is Raised Hunting. Signing off.